0: Sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in a World Series. Here's the
1: 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs in the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said. What's going on, Cubs fans? You are listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears. Joining me today is my co-host, Ryan Davis. Uh, Ryan, Cubbies, uh, we are recording at the tail end of Wednesday's game. The Cubs actually just tied this up. Jock Peterson got a uh, jock jam, his first of the regular season, but Cubs tied it up. However... It's one of, like, five hits the Cubs have had over two games. Um, Ryan, <laughs> why is the Cubs offense broken?
0: <laughs> I think you're being more generous than you should. I think you're it was right. three hits. That's what, is yeah, that the third? You're right. It's yeah. three. I, uh, Chris Bryant got the hit on Monday, and then when uh, Ian Happ got the hit today, I tweeted out that episode one gif from Star Wars. Uh, this is getting out of hand there are two of them (laughs) it's a lot funnier when in the moment I think but yeah uh, good to see the bats coming alive and the fact that you know really when we just break down the hitting in general it's been really terrible through the first six games it's been really awful and yet you know here they are tied in game number six of the season uh, at one with a chance to win at home you know if they can keep the Brewers down and scratch out at least one more so that would have them a four and two record if they can get there so we'll see but Mm -hmm. um I'm at least pleasantly surprised so far with the pitching
1: yeah I think that's the biggest takeaway um the Cubs pitching is playing in exactly the the you know the way they thought it would at least it in their mind being able to have pitchers that don't get hit very hard keep the ball on the ground we've seen the cubs turn a lot of double plays chris bryant made an excellent play last night despite them being down for nothing there at that point um the defense is really helping them out and making those plays we've seen their defense cost them a few times you know looking at you david bode um but uh you know who doesn't drop that is nico horner but i don't want to be a jerk to david bode he did hit a home run on monday yeah, and
0: uh <laughs> and and he, and he had two really good defensive plays, he too. He did. Uh, so that, that, that was big.
1: That's It just seems like that's his M.O., makes that incredible stab and throw, but sometimes those routine plays can just seem like, I don't know, a little too tough for him sometimes, or he's just not thinking right. Whatever. Who knows? David Bowie's a good player. We don't want to rag on him. But, um, you know, this pitching really is obviously executing, and we saw an excellent performance out of Trevor Williams. Uh, Edbert Elzelay, obviously the three-run home run he gave up yesterday, uh, wasn't great. Uh, and being down four nothing early on in that game was tough, but he didn't necessarily look terrible after that. He sound he seemed to navigate his way through that mess. Um, his slider wasn't quite as fine as I think we've expected it to be. Um, and that seemed to be the difference for the most part, but not like he was walking a ton of guys through five innings, four hits, four and runs. Two walks, four strikeouts. The two home runs, obviously, are really what kill you there. But um, I didn't hate Alzolay's start. This is kind of—it felt like growing pains for me. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, anytime you are down three nothing before your offense comes to bat is is very bad. Don't want that. Um, and and you can blame Alzolay for that if you'd like. But you know, really, if you take that out of it, um, I think he threw like twenty-two pitches in the first inning. Uh, something like that. Maybe 25 gave up. Uh, the three-run homer, but after that, in his next four innings, he went through four with only the one run on the solo shot, and I think he went through those four innings on 50 to 55 pitches. Yeah. So you know, pretty pretty efficient. He rebounded, and really, you know, that's that's all you can hope for out of the guy at this point because he's still young. He's still getting his his feel in the big leagues and finding his place. He just earned a rotation spot, and. You know that that thing, kind of thing, is going to happen. Just if you'll recall, there was a start that he had. It might have been two years ago, uh, in Pittsburgh, where he had earned that spot in the rotation after a really great relief appearance against the Mets. And then in Pittsburgh, he just got blown up, blown up early in that game and, and knocked out. But you saw the swing, and that would have been easy for him going down three nothing to you know, turn that into five nothing in the first or give up two more runs in the second and and then have to come out of the game. But he really shut him down after that. You know, there was the one solo home run. Both homers hit, you know, uh, lefties hitting it the opposite way in an area where the wind isn't as much of a factor. So, they, not going to call him cheap home runs by any means and and Al-Zalai did give them up. but uh, I think there's a lot of positives you can take out of his performance. The fact that they you know after that one swing in the first inning, you know they only scored one more run the rest of the game. Uh, so I, I put that more on the Cubs offense. You know they really need to be able to go out there and score four or more runs,
1: yeah. That's that's really the thing. You look at what Elsoly was able to do after getting knocked around in that first inning. I mean, for a lot of young pitchers, that's it. You know, for me, I was like, okay, Elsoly's cooked. Good thing we used Alec Mills yesterday as a closer. <laughs> what are we doing now? And uh, you know, he he gutted out five innings, and it really wasn't a gut out performance. He looked strong. He was he was getting that soft contact. He wasn't necessarily mowing guys down. He didn't really have his out pitch, but. You, you're happy with that. That felt like a good pitch or a good start to grow off of, even though you made some mistakes. Really, it's just two key mistakes. Really the walks hurt you a little bit and that that that's okay. But when you, you're talking about a guy like Alsley who could routinely walk five or six guys, if he didn't have his stuff, those two walks you'll live with. Um, they cost you, but you'll, you'll live with your offense should be able to let your, especially young pitcher, be able to make those mistakes. And especially an offense that has the names that does in, the, in its lineup. Um, for what it's worth here, guys, if you didn't know, the Cubs got blanked yesterday on Tuesday for nothing. They fall down to 3-2. and two. The runs came in the third and the fourth inning off of home runs. Uh, it was Travis Shaw who had a three-run shot, and then Omar Navarez, we've heard his name before, uh, hit another home run against the Cubs. So 4-0, the Cubs have one hit. Um, Freddy Peralta, on the other side of things, looked good. But the Cubs made him look so much better. I mean, he had eight strikeouts, but four walks. There were a lot of those strikeouts that could have easily turned into walks if the Cubs just didn't swing. But they made it really easy for Peralta. We're seeing some of that carry over into this game Wednesday now as the Cubs have tied this up with the Brewers, but we're being no hit by Brandon Woodruff all the way in through, I believe, the sixth inning, right? Or was it the seventh?
0: seventh, yeah.
1: The seventh, that's right. So, I mean, Woodruff, and that was, I mean, we were talking about the pitch count, you and I texting back and forth. Pitch count, incredibly Low. I think he got pulled around 77 pitches. He was at 52 pitches going out of the fifth inning.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a um an example of and, and I don't want to take like a hard position on this because I understand why you go to Devin Williams out of the bullpen because the guy's nails, and then you've got Hayter for the ninth. But it also might be a case of a manager out thinking himself when. Woodruff just absolutely is mowing through the Cubs lineup. And you and I had text about this while we were watching earlier was, you know, maybe that low pitch count would allow Woodruff to stay in the game long enough to get through that third part, third time through the lineup and allow the Cubs to actually maybe see him a little better and, and get some good swings. And, and Ian Happ did and got that hit in the seventh. But then Woodruff was able to, you know, get out of it uh, essentially from the, you know, hard ground ball from Rizzo and then Chris Bryant you know he almost walked him but Bryant swung and popped up that pitch almost dropped and almost scored a run so uh, it was a weird final inning for him I don't necessarily say it's the wrong decision to take him out but uh, obviously the retrospect is bad
1: Hey guys, Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I know I talk to you guys about this all the time, but Built Bar is not only one of the best tasting protein bars with flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. It's a new one I've been trying. Uh, those are all new flavors, but they've got their original flavors too, like peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I love mint brownie. That's been my breakfast of choice the last couple years, or couple of years, couple of months now. But the bars are 100% covered in chocolate. Super easy to. Chew, soft, but the best thing about them is they're healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy, uh, losing weight, whether that's losing, maintaining weight. It's a nice treat to indulge yourself with. They're low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein. It's great for the keto diet if you're trying to lose weight during a uh quarantine here right now but take for instance the uh cherry baraka 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs that is incredibly healthy for you is good for you obviously but also tastes really good it's a nice snack to have throughout the day It's better than me chewing on, like, I don't know, donut. I'm a big fan of goldfish and chips and crackers. It's nice to be able to just eat one of these protein bars. I'm relatively full. I don't snack throughout the day, and I'm ready to eat dinner later on in the day. It's nice. I don't spoil my meal, and my girlfriend doesn't get mad at me. And I don't want to eat the dinner she just made. But <laughs> Bilt Bar has the promo code locked on to get yourself 20% off your next order. So you head to BiltBar.com, use the promo code lockdown, You save yourself 20% off your next order of Bilt Bars. They're delicious. They're nutritious. They're easy to bring anywhere on the go. Great snack for work from home. Head to builtbar.com, use promo code lockdown, Save yourself 20% off and give these guys a shout out. They've been doing awesome work for the Lockdown Network and are making some of the best protein bars you'll ever have. Definitely, I uh, I I would agree with you 100. It it wasn't <laughs> wasn't the greatest move by Consul, but you also like you don't want to fault a guy like Consul too. It's really hard to get on him because he does routinely make those moves that make your head kind of you scratch your head a little bit. But then it works out in his favor. Um, so you know you you kind of trust I guess him being able to deploy his bullpen that way. But good for the Cubs. I mean that was a big hit from Jack Peterson to hit that home run to really tie this game up. But um, before that, yeah. You could just, I mean, oh man, it, it felt like that that Chris Bryant almost blooped, but ended up being a great scoop catch by Avisel Garcia. It felt like that was it. If that ball dropped, the, the, the one nothing lead in this game felt insurmountable um, just because the, uh, the Brewers aren't hitting relatively well, and the Cubs always, and I don't know why, always seem to come down and play to the Brewers' level, even if they are coming into a hot streak. It feels like these last couple of years they play Milwaukee, and you just come out of it even if like, I mean, last year they, they started out the year playing against them and then they came back to him later on and it just didn't feel great. And then of course, you know, Mills got the no hitter and they had that great weekend series against them, but they always make me feel outside of that past weekend, like this Cubs team, they come bound to earth no matter what. (laughs) And uh, that's just tough to swallow. I think sometimes, but um, I wanted to talk to you. We haven't really talked about Craig Kimbrell much. Um, He's pitching right now um, in the, uh, the top of the ninth here, but um Two pretty solid outings so far. His stuff has looked really good, at least. Against the Pirates, you know, a swing-happy team that hasn't looked necessarily great since leaving Wrigley. Um, What are your thoughts on Kimbrel? Is there anything you've picked up on that has made you feel more confident that these numbers are, you know, what what we could expect going forward? Or is there something more you need to see out of that guy? Uh,
0: Yeah, um, I, I like what I've seen out of him so far. It is a small sample, but he seems to be commanding his pitches uh, an, an example would be today Pierce be hitting 97 on the fastball. Uh, he's throwing right. his breaking pitch. I just watched him throw on 85 right onto the you know uh, bottom corner uh, away from the batter. So like it looks like you know, he's not necessarily like prime Craig Kimbrel when he was at his best with like the Braves, but he does look really good. and the results have been there so far. What was it? Two innings coming into this one. You know, no, no hits, no walks, four strikeouts, something like that. So, I mean, that's what you want out mm-hmm. of your closer. I mean, and, and that's the Craig Kimbrough you're getting. The one that he looks like right now, uh, that's a huge boost for your bullpen, which has been good overall. You know, we didn't really touch on it, but if you add up, you know, Auzelai's final four innings and the uh, the bullpen, which included two innings from uh, Dylan Maples, uh, which were pretty solid in all things considered, um It was like eight Mm -hmm. innings, three hits, four walks, one earned run on the solo homer, and I think, you know, six or seven strikeouts, something like that. So, Alzelay's final four and the bullpen uh, in that game kind of gets, you know, overshadowed by the fact that the Cubs offense didn't score and only got one hit. Um, But, yeah, it was very good. and you know that again it's a small sample and a lot of this early stuff has been against the pirates who just got absolutely shellacked by the reds in a, in a series uh so <laughs> you know still obviously small sample we got to wait and see how some of this stuff plays out but there are some positives on the pitching side that i think really if you want to take your silver lining in the first handful of games here. That's the big one is the fact that a, they're still pulling out wins, even though the offense can't quite get it together. B uh, you know, they're staying in games and C they, they have pitching.
1: Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's really kind of the question I have. Cause they go, basically this schedule is so weird. They, they face the pirates. Now they are obviously onto the brewers. They're about to finish that series with the brewers. They will now go and face uh, Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh and then face the brewers at Milwaukee before facing the Braves, Mets and some of the NL East candidate teams here. Um, I, I feel like you're not really going to get an idea of what this team is until you play someone outside the NL central. So I feel like that, that matchup against the Braves, assuming the Cubs don't just like implode or go on some crazy tear or whatever it may be, things stay status quo for the moment. Um, I think that'll be your litmus test for sure to really get an idea of how good this team is, but um, pirates, uh, getting the crap kicked out of them by the Reds. Maybe the Cubs can jump on that parade too and score more than four or five runs in a game here. Uh, Maybe blow up a game and maybe kickstart some things offensively. But um, it does feel like the Cubs have this approach and I, 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 I can commend them for sticking to that approach, even when they're not getting the results early on in the season, just because they, they they know these guys are battle tested, I guess in their head, but it feels like the Cubs have that approach quite a bit. And even last year and in 2019, it was kind of like, you know, we we are good. We know we are good. We've been at this level before we can do this. And it it just feels like they don't, I guess you don't want to make a ton of adjustments at baseball during a season or in a game itself, but I don't know, like, when your team's not hitting stop being so aggressive start seeing more pitches i get it can be tough when guys are throwing you first pitch second pitch fastballs and you have to swing but i don't know fight pitches off grind it bats out what like what this just doesn't there are times where this team absolutely needs to see more pitches at the very least just to make this pitcher work and they instead try to attack pitches they're not hitting well and it frustrates me i don't know i you and I know we're kind of like texting about this for a sec. So I figured we could just kind of vent about it on the podcast.
0: <laughs> so there are two sides to that, really. And and it is frustrating. And you got a snapshot of it in the very first at bat today. Ian Happ stepped up there, took 97 right over the plate, took 96 right over the plate, and then swung and missed to 83 in the dirt. Uh, so that was my indication that at least Happ, you know, right away wasn't seeing the ball real well. Uh, wasn't exactly sure what he was getting or what he should be swinging at. Um, But, you know, despite the fact that Woodruff seemed to just mow through the lineup and the Cubs batters didn't know what to do with him, you saw a really good example yesterday against Freddie Peralta, of a guy they were extremely pinned with uh, and couldn't do anything with him either. I mean, they got him out of the game in, in what, the fifth inning. Um, I think he threw 77, 80 pitches through, through five, something like that. Uh, so they got him out of the game and, and built up the pitch count really early with him, uh, but really struggled doing the same thing with Woodruff. And really, the results were the same. <laughs> and and so that's that's the hard part is you just don't know exactly on any given day what this offense can do. You know that they can break out and score a bunch of runs. They can hit home runs. On opening day, they scored three runs on sack flies. Then they got shut out yesterday, and they scored one run so far today. So it's really uh, it's just a frustrating look, and you just kind of have to chalk it up to it's still early, and we'll figure out who this team is throughout the course of the season.
1: Um, Yeah, that, that's a great point. They, they were really patient with Peralta, and it still didn't really result into anything different, but... Um, you know, you are in a situation too, where you're facing the brewers and the bullpen typically just gets better, um, as you get through it. So that, that's what makes it tough to face those guys. Um, one guy, the Cubs don't have to face anymore though, at least not in the end of central, but will be in a few weeks Is Orlando Arcia? He was playing third base for the, uh, uh, brewers on Monday and then was traded to Atlanta the next day. Um, so the Cubs will face Atlanta in a week or two. Um, I know you had an interesting kind of little tidbit on Arcia.
0: Yeah. So, um, Cubs fans seem to have this collective recollection that uh, Orlando Arcia is a Cubs killer. And that is kind of his uh, reputation, I would say. And, you know, I I know I've had that feeling before, and I'm sure you've had that kind of nagging, oh, this guy again kind of thing. So I went back and went through the numbers, and he's had 266 plate appearances against the Cubs in his career, which is... A lot for a guy, you know, even at at his stage in his career. That's, you know, half a season's worth of plate appearances against one team is quite a bit. And his career OPS against all teams is 658, which is really bad. Uh, But do you care to take a stab at what his OPS was against the Cubs for his career?
1: So, So his career was four or something? Is that what you said?
0: His career OPS overall is 658.
1: 658 oh man where
0: is it against the cubs
1: i feel like it's 900 but i'm probably wrong
0: (laughs) you're very wrong yeah
1: is it okay i'm gonna say so his, his career ops gets the cubs so if I'm very wrong it's going to be other way. Is it like 200? Like <laughs> 150?
0: <laughs> That'd be an insane OPS for 6 or for 266 yeah, appearances. Yeah. Right. Be pretty uh, tough to do. So, um. <laughs> I, I, so I put a poll out on Twitter to see how Cubs fans felt about this. Didn't get a ton of traction. 125 votes, but uh, 64% of those 125 votes said that he had an OPS over 750 against the Cubs. Um Five point six percent of the voters said that he had an OPS between six hundred and six forty nine, and those would be the correct people. The what six people, seven people who voted for that. He has a six. So he's yeah six he's zero nine. Career norm. Yeah six Sorry, zero <laughs> six six zero nine OPS against the Cubs in his career. So far below his <laughs> career norm, actually.
1: Okay. Okay. So he's actually worse against the Cubs. That he's, seems he's, to check out. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: he's legitimately terrible against the Cubs. But there is this <laughs> pervasive Cubs killer attitude that I saw all over Twitter, which I found absolutely hysterical because I think it's based on just the the division tiebreaker game. Uh, if yeah. you recall, Arcea was four for four. I think he had four, all four singles, and a lot of them were really stupid singles. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and and it was very much like why they lost that game so i think it's all based on one game but he really he has basically half a season's worth of plate appearances in his career against the cubs and overall has been really awful so it's basically just one game
1: hey lockdown fans bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, for real updates on odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON.
0: I just thought the RCS stuff was interesting and... Uh... Yeah, so don't let uh, don't let that one game color your entire perception. But I think part of it is, at least that you know, if it were, um, let's say Christian Yelich who consistently struggled against Cubs pitching but had like one huge <laughs> game, I think Cubs fans would recognize the fact that it was just one huge game. But Arcia is a guy you just kind of ignore every time he goes over four with three strikeouts against you, uh, because he's typically batting eighth and not the guy you expect to beat you. So when when mm-hmm. it does happen when he has that 4 for 4 and kills you in a division tiebreaker game it it really colors the entire perception as wow this guy murders us.
1: Yeah, I uh I agree. I'm hoping so Chris Brent's up at the plate here. He's one of the guys that's still been hitting in this lineup. I mean, like hitting is in quotes. Um, this is really good radio, but um he's his I still love I've liked his approach. He did I mean, yesterday I think he had the double but struck out four times. Uh, woof. Yeah. But uh I mean, today we saw him stare at a strike. So, like these last couple of games, not so great. But coming, I, I liked his approach. Obviously, in the Pirates series, he looked solid, and I, I thought he was still looking productive in that first game um, against the against the Brewers too. But these last two games, clearly different. But. Um, I don't know what, uh, have you like uh, what, I guess, what are your ex- expectations for a guy like Chris Bryant? Cause like, you know, you, I, I don't think you can look at him and say like, this is for sure. Like, you know, we, we've got Chris Bryant back. This is the guy. Um, but like, I don't know. He's such a hard guy to gauge his ceiling at this point because we've just seen him just have these weird, like inexplainable, like weird moments of not being able to hit or, you know, we find out later that he's more injured than he was. I don't know. It's a, uh, I'm getting frustrated. I want Chris Bryant to do good, so the Cubs look stupid and have to sign him. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming slowly and slowly to the terms that this is Chris Bryant's last year as Chicago Cub.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I want him to have a great year because I want the Cubs to do well, and I also want him to do well and get paid. It it seems very obvious that the Cubs are going to move and just either trade him if they're out of it at at the you know at the trade deadline, or if they're still in it, they're going to ride a, a big season from Chris and and collect that um compensation pick at the end of the year which sucks I mean that's not what we deserve as fans that's not what Chris Bryant deserves you know with how much Mm -hmm. he's played through injuries and you know you can dog on him for his bad year last year and and the bad 2018 in the second half was playing injured but you know that he can't control injuries you know and and this is this isn't Mm -hmm. stuff like he had a hangnail and, and sat on the DL for a couple weeks this was sorry the IL. um this was you know stuff that's you know serious injuries and he tries to play through it which often is not advisable uh so yeah um i i love chris bryant i, I really hope he has a great year this year and, and gets the contract he deserves in the off season, whether it's with the cubs or not i hope it's with yeah. the cubs because i'd like to see them pay the guys their free agents what they're what they're worth um so long as the guys are put you know putting up on the field
1: right exactly that's that's you know at the end of the day, you want to see Chris get what he deserves. Yeah, if it's not going to be the Cubs, hopefully someone pays the guy, the money he deserves. Cause he's one of the best players in baseball, whether the Cubs want to acknowledge that or not. So when he's healthy, um, of course, when he's, when he's healthy, yes, of course, injured Chris Bryant does no good for no one. Um, but, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm just having such a hard time gauging the feel for this team. Even if they win these, this game, um, you know, t- two hits on the day here so far. Um, not a ton of <laughs> great things going on for them. They're they're creating some, you know, they're at least putting tension on the Brewers here in the, in the bottom of the ninth, and that's nice. Looks like Rizzo just moved up on a wild pitch, but um, I'm just still not sure what this team is, and I'm I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to tell here face through another series with the Pirates and the Brewers. I think we won't really get a gauge of how good this team is until we face a team like the Braves or 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 the Mets who who aren't necessarily elite team. The Braves should be pretty good this year, even though they got swept by the Phillies to start the year. Um, but, you know, the Mets have top talent of good pitching. I'm I'm excited to see what a Cubs offense does against a Jacob DeGrom type guy, see if they can still cratch, scratch those one or two runs off with, with two hits against a Jacob DeGrom. Because <laughs> if that's the case, then you look at this team, and you're like, okay, so there is something here, you know? Like you don't just do that by accident, but um, I don't know for sure.
0: So. Yeah, it's hard to get a real feel for how good this team is. You know, we talked about it on a previous podcast before the season. Wouldn't totally surprise me if they won 70 to 75 games because if they're out of it, they'll trade Bryant and maybe another player at the deadline. Um, and then it mm-hmm. also wouldn't surprise me if they win 95 games because the division's winnable. Oh, Chris Bryant just looked at strike three on the corner. Ouch. Um, oh, it was such a good a bad. bat. <sighs> And he had one that was, like, four inches outside that got called a strike, too. So, anyway. Uh,
1: I see that one.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, it's hard to get a feel for it because if they won 95 games, it means Brian had a great year and they kept him, and then maybe they even added somebody at the trade deadline. So, this team could fall anywhere. And even if they do scratch out a run and win today at some point, you know, that's four and two in your first six. You feel good about that. But, um, really, the offensive issues are concerning as they are every year and every year at the end of the year we look back and go okay so it was every bit as bad as we thought it would be <laughs> and then the next year they do and then in the <laughs> offseason they do almost nothing and then the next year we wonder how good the offense is going to be and then at the end of the year we're like well it was every bit as bad as we thought and then they do nothing and i no, they swap out schwarber for uh peterson this time but anyway yeah that's that's really the bulk of I think my frustration and every Cubs fan's frustration is you know overall this this offensive group is who we've seen uh, since essentially 2018 so um, expecting anything different at this point is um, a bit hard to do so um, at least some of these guys do need to probably leave and be replaced with different style hitters I don't know if necessarily you know if we're saying like Javier Baez and Chris Bryant aren't good hitters because they are, but you do have a lot of the same type of hitters and they all seem to slump together, which is a problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, any other, uh, any other parting thoughts here, Ryan, before I wrap up?
0: No, I mean, uh, I, I would say don't get too high. Don't get too low on this team. Mm-hmm. I know that the previous seasons color your perception a little bit, but last year was a 60 game season and, you know, in to their credit, they, won what like 34 of those 60 games so they were over 500 um i think they were on pace for something like 90 wins 92 wins something like that so um last year's team was pretty decent even though they had their issues and they fizzled out real fast in the playoffs um so the the bones of a team that could win something is still there and i believe that it's just whether they actually do it or not is the question (laughs)
1: yeah it's the execution it's always been the execution I guess that's baseball in a a nutshell but on paper the Cubs always have looked like a better team there's moments where we see flashes of it there seems to be little to no consistency (laughs) it would uh, be fun to just have like a month of good baseball but we have we have spurts of it we get three innings from time to time
0: right and uh and now I've forgotten about our extra inning rule. so I looked out there and saw Brandon Workman on the mound with a runner on second base and was like Oh no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Like what a I, dumb rule. You know, like I fully expect <laughs> the Brewers to cash that run in and then the next inning the Cubs will start with Brian out there and they'll strand him. Like that's that's the expectation, right? Like I I could very well be wrong, but yeah, that that's just That's
1: how it felt the last couple yeah. extra inning games ended last year. That's, that's like always the, the gut
0: instinct is that the this rule really benefits the other team. <laughs> yep, there's the hit here comes the run nope they stopped i hate this they stopped him at third first first and first and third nobody out cool i love this rule yeah like i said yeah this is great anecdotally it's a rule that benefits the other team (laughs) because because if you get the cubs (laughs) to extra innings it's because the cubs aren't scoring
1: right exactly a hundred percent but uh more baseball coming. We've got uh, the Pirates to talk about here. We'll be previewing that series on tomorrow's episode, and uh, we'll be kind of going from there. But, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show, man. I know it's always fun when we can uh, chat during the afternoon, especially when we've got a, a 120 start. We can make fun of the Cubs in live real time, and uh, that's always the best time to make fun of that them. That is the best time to make fun of the Cubs. That will do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. The Cubs eventually drop this Wednesday afternoon game 4-2. Lorenzo Cain actually hits a three-run shot in the uh, top of the 10th the Cubs do storm back and get a run off of Jason Hayward single that drove in Chris Bryant, but the Cubs threatened a little bit towards the end, but unfortunately dropped this game. So the Cubs dropped two or three, uh, the record falls to three and three tied with the Brewers. Now, uh, they set up to face the Pittsburgh pirates. It's actually Jake Arrieta versus Tyler Anderson, a rematch from the five to one win for the Cubs here back on Saturday. Uh, Jake Arietta in that game, six innings, six hits, one earned run, one walk, five strikeouts. Tyler Anderson, who picked up that loss, five innings, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, but did give up a home run to Chris Bryant in that game. Uh, lefty that the Cubs should hopefully be able to. Hit. They did hit before Pittsburgh in their last three games. Just got swept by the Reds. Uh, they lost their first game five to three, 14 to one a couple days ago, and then on Wednesday eleven to four. The Reds kind of smashed their skulls in a little bit. Hopefully the Cubs can pick up on that momentum that the Pirate or the Reds laid down on the Pirates. Maybe find themselves a little bit offensively get back into rhythm and get ready to go because they will be facing the Brewers and then onto the uh uh the atlanta braves as we talked about with ryan here but that's today's show uh we'll have a recap shortly after this 1 start we'll do that and i'll probably i i might try and jump on locker room i actually just jumped on one for uh danny rockets ron son, or the son ronto podcast and it was pretty fun it was cool to kind of see people come in and out we can request to speak with each other so um i'm probably gonna put out a video shortly after uh this game here but i, I might jump on locker room too so keep an eye on twitter for that but i uh, appreciate you guys listening obviously Cubs homestand three and three we'll take it some positive takeaways like Ryan and I talked about the pitching has been good the hitting needs to get better hopefully that changes against a pretty pretty bad Pittsburgh Pirate team but you guys enjoy the rest of your day. As always, go Cubs. Make sure you are following us on whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn apps, Stitcher, uh, Odyssey. And then make sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R Sears. Have a great rest of your guys' day.